It's noon here in uh, in Bethesda, Maryland, the worldwide headquarters for Car Edge. And this is news that you can use for Friday, March 3rd, with your host Ray and Zach. And well, being Friday, I'm guessing there's going to be a knock on the door. Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let them in? Oh, my goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kimberly Klein, the F&I goddess herself, ah! is here with us today. <laughs> yes, well, I am definitely, I'm back. I'm back. You know, a lot of people requested this. They're like, Kimberly, why is your background solid blue? Aren't you like in Ray's kitchen anymore? And I said, <laughs> I am today because he finally refilled the cooler. So I'm back. I did. How are you guys? Yes. Nicely done, Dad. Yes. Nicely done. We're doing well. How are you doing, Kimberly? Very good. It's Friday. We are super excited to have you here. Happy Friday to everyone joining us. We are going to kick today's show off with Experian data. Q4 auto finance. Going to dig into some of the numbers there. Then we had some other interesting data come out of auto finance news that also talks about maybe some of the hardships in the uh, loan delinquency space. We also then have dealers and automakers fighting and bickering. Uh, we've got a Kia dealer fleeing to Mexico. That could be an interesting story. Plus success stories because it's Fridays, right? Well, did they successfully yeah. make it to Mexico? <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll Stay out. tuned Stay to yeah. find out. Exactly. All right, gang, let's kick <laughs> off with the Experian data because it is very interesting to say the least. Let me pull it up right here. PowerPoint presentation. There That's we go. The one? Oh, okay. All right, so by now, most of you know, I in particular am a nerd, and by uh, by association, I, I allow for Kimberly and Pops to be nerds with me. <laughs> We've got new loan delinquency data from Experian and Kimberly and Pops. Keep me honest here. This is Q4 of 2021. This is Q4 of 2022. Maybe I've got to zoom in even more so we can make sure we see it. 30-day delinquency rate, 2.31% of all auto loans, 2.73% of balances, up significantly year over year and almost at pre-pandemic times. But when you look at 60-day delinquencies, Kimberly, we have surpassed pre-pandemic times. We're at 0.87 for 60-day delinquencies and 0.99 for the total balances that have gone delinquent. Initial thoughts when you saw this data, Kimberly, I guess you weren't too surprised, but you tell me. Well, kind of, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, because the 60-day mark is that is critical whenever it comes to the lender's end as well as the consumer's end. Because now the lenders can either say, time's up, we're gonna go get your car. Um, and the consumer, unfortunately, many times, Zach, whenever you've hit that 60 month or that 60 day mark, it's hard to come back. It, it is hard to come back. Many people do, they'll catch up somehow, some way, negotiate with the bank. Don't forget, too, that you do. Now, I know this is trivial when we're talking about 30 and 60 days being late, but there is a grace period that you will find on your bank contract showing you where your payment is, showing you what grace period you have with that lender, which is typically anywhere from 10 days to 15 days. Um, and then it's going to tell you what they're going to charge you if you go beyond that grace period. So there's going to be fees associated with all of this. But once you hit that 60-day mark, th that's an event, if you will. And, and you know, I, I would tend to agree with you, but I think, I think the 60-day mark meant more three years ago than it does today. 
I, I'm I'm just guessing that based on uh, what we have seen banks lend in the last 18 to 24 months, that the criteria today is that maybe once you hit 90 or 120 days late is yeah. when banks would perceive that to be critical. Uh, but 60 days late is an early warning sign that perhaps maybe the bank needs to contact their customer and work out some type of partial payment plan with the hopes of eventually getting them back to a uh, on schedule. But I, I, I think, and, and I don't know this for a fact because I haven't actually spoken to anybody in, in the banking field, but I just get the sense that, you know, years ago when I did this, you were 60 days late, which really meant you were probably closer to 90 days late. Um, you were about to get repossessed. And I don't think that's the case today anymore. Mm, that's that's a very, I think that's a really interesting thought. And you're probably right about that. You know, it does vary state to state as to if the lenders are required to notify consumers uh, before they take repossession or, or before they get to a certain point of delinquency. Um, but I, I, you know, you're right. I think you're right, Ray. I'm sure that that's, well, with many, it, it all, listen, it all comes down to the lender, does it not? It all yes. depends on the lender because some lenders consider you late one day past that grace period and take action immediately if they can. And some lenders, they do want to work with you, with you, the I, consumer. I think part of what makes this information so interesting, though, is, you know, we can look at different sources and we see the same trend happening everywhere. So, for example, when we look yeah. at Cox Automotive rather than um, looking at Experian, we get materially higher numbers. Like, like this is non-trivial here. Cox Automotive says that the uh, delinquency rate is past 2% of 60-day delinquent folks. That's from January data, not Q4. And I will zoom in here because Cox does something that's very nice. They actually have subprime broken out by prime mm. and subprime. Compared to a year ago, the severe delinquency rate was 38 basis points higher. In January, 7.3% of subprime loans were severely delinquent, an increase from 7.11. So again, if we if we even just start comparing a little bit what Experian puts out, showing the chart mm -hmm. going up and to the right, mm -hmm. or for example, if we look at used vehicle delinquency rates, loans funded, the numbers are going up. The numbers are going up. And that's what's a little bit shocking about this. Or I guess I shouldn't say shocking, but it's the thing that, that gets me worried about this is whether the banks do the repossession or not, these folks are behind mm -hmm. on auto payments at a more significant rate today than they were yesterday. And it's unclear who, whether you have a, a graceful grace period or if you are stringent <laughs> on your grace period, someone's going to hold the bag on this eventually. And the car is yeah. not worth as much as it was lent, you know, as the loan was, was written for. I think uh, something that would be interesting to know yeah. is what the delinquency rates are for past due accounts mm -hmm. on credit cards. We know that credit card debt has risen significantly over the past two years. And it would be interesting, at least in my mind, to see if if there are substantial increases in delinquency or, or credit card debt um, also along the lines of what we're seeing in automotive. 
And if it's the same in both, then the banks know that they're really sitting on a ticking time bomb. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people have used their credit cards in order to maintain the lifestyle that they've had prior to the pandemic. Um, yeah. And so if they fall behind on those payments and fall behind on their car payments, well, it's probably the same people. And, and so the amount of debt we're talking about is significantly more than what we would normally think because it's more than just auto loans. Sure. It's probably credit card debt as well. You and I had looked at a little bit of um, student loan delinquency rates. It was through the roof. Like well, more that than, always has. I know, I know. But it's like you've got student loans, you've got credit card, then you have auto, then you have mortgage. Like there's all sorts of different debt products that consumers take on and delinquency rates across all of yeah. them have been going up. Auto actually isn't the one that's like shocking everyone. We look at it, you know, frequently yes. and granularly. Right, um, right. Yeah, but definitely there's a credit card shopping. For sure. And people want to, when it comes down to it, I've read some studies. I think one of the other articles here says, that people want to hang on to their autos. So, so you know, they're going to let other things go before they let the auto thing go. But I have to agree with Susanna in comment section over here that the consumer needs to take it upon themselves and, and reach out to the lender if you find yourself uh, falling short. Um, yes, I agree with this. And no, your lender they really don't have to say, hey, you're late. Can I have your payment? I mean, they may. But listen, consumers need to advocate for themselves. They, they need to be proactive. Um, it, it, I, I think it means more to the bank if you were to contact yeah. the bank and say, I'm having some difficulty and I wanted to make you aware of it and ask if there's something we can do, as opposed yeah. to waiting for the bank to call you and say, hey, we've noticed you haven't been making your payments in a timely fashion. Um, so I, 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 I think there's a different mindset for the people at the bank if the, if the customer is the one that initiates that conversation. Um, yeah. it, at least it shows the customer's willing to, um, you know, look, look at the situation and, and kind of hit it head on and, and, and talk to the powers that be. Yeah. I've got a question here from that Jerry has sparked and Jerry, it's good to see you. Jerry's one of the car coaches yes. back at CarEdge.com. So if we can help you out, if you are buying a car in this market, we are here to help. Jerry says you can ask the lender for an extension. You pay interest and they add payment to the end of the term. Yeah. And you guys both speak to this. And also, I just want to, this is a call to action from the community. If anyone knows where I can get data on financial institutions doing this, like offering extensions, I don't know how to get that data. I would be fascinated to dig into it. Maybe mm. it's in the quarterly earnings of some of these financial institutions and I'm just not reading it. But Kimberly, yeah, you, you reacted strongly to this. So this yeah, is an option. Well, I swear, Jerry, that's what was going through my head. You were reading my mind. Again, you need to stay out of there, Jerry. Okay. Just stay out of there. <laughs> I was thinking the very same thing. Yes, you can certainly do that. They'll tack a payment onto the end, throw some fees on there, but at least it gives you a little bit of room to make it to next month. I wonder, though, if I could see some numbers about that, how many people are choosing to do that. It is the proverbial kicking the can down the road, you know. If the lender will allow you to do it. Not every yeah. lender will, will give you I'm that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it'd be interesting to look at. No, 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 no. What I was going to say is, well, it, you know, all these solutions are indeed 
kicking the can down the road. Yeah. Um, you're robbing. You're robbing Mary to pay Paul. And then eventually uh, Peter comes in, and you and, get Peter, and Paul, Jimmy. and Mary. Yeah. Don't forget Jimmy. Jimmy too. He wants his too. Jimmy does what his too. No, I mean, eventually, at the end of the day, the bank's the one that holds the responsibility. And yeah. It makes sense. And that's why the other piece of information that we frequently reference are the loan loss provisions, because it's fantastic. Yes. You know, the, these financial institutions have to, every quarter, set aside a certain amount of money for vehicle, or excuse me, for, for financial products that they don't think are going to come, come, uh, come good, uh, come due. And for example, we looked at uh, Credit Acceptance Corporation, one of the larger subprime uh, lenders out there. A 5,600, 5,600% increase in year-over-year loan loss provisions. So what else do you need to look at to understand the dynamics of what's going on in the market? They know that they're the ones that are responsible for this. They know that the collateral is not worth what they lent for. And they know that they now need to be setting aside a ton of money. And we have that insight. It's then our responsibility to try and determine like, well, what's the outcome of that. And the interesting thing is that we're not seeing repo rates go up. And I think it's because the banks actually want to continue to play hot potato. They want to continue to not actually have to take responsibility for this. And right. they want to work with consumers to get them to pay off their loans. Well, they, they yeah, know if they actually if they actually had to repossess the car, the uh, the the loss that would be associated with that loan once they took those cars to auction would be so astronomical as to perhaps even even um, I, I don't know start some type of government inquiry into well how did you make these car loans what were the criteria for the car loans because one of the things that came out of the great recession was that there's supposed to be uh, a little more um, what's the word I'm looking for um, criteria the, the banks were held qualifications to, to qualifications lending, yeah. and higher standards for how they approved car loans during after mm -hmm. the Great Recession, which is why lending became so so difficult. And this could trigger another situation where the government has to look at it and go, what the hell are you doing here? What were you thinking? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Because somebody's got to ask that question and somebody's got to come yeah. up with the answer. Agreed with that, my silly for mind. sure. I think one aspect of this, though, that's fascinating to me is until the bank actually has to repo the car and sell it and take that loss, it's not a real cash loss. Like maybe in all the accounting, it's, you know, however they make it work. And they kind of said, I'm no CFO. I have no freaking clue. But I know that they actually don't realize the cash loss of that until they repo the car and they sell it for less than the loan was worth. So I think that's a bit of an incentive as well as keeping money. There. Hey, you know, one thing that we, we talked about earlier this week, but Kimberly, it ties directly in with this story are the patents from Ford. Yeah, so Ford interesting, self repossessing right? AI yeah. car car mobiles. Um, <laughs> you know, this is the future. Ford Motor Company repo Ford patent system for self repossessing vehicles. Now, Ford has come out and said that you know the, the intent here is not to self repossess vehicles, but it is an interesting patent. One where if you stop making your car payments, they can turn off your AC, they can drive your car somewhere <laughs> else, they can make it easier for the tow the the repo uh, person to come by with the tow truck and tow. So. An interesting technological advancement here, Kimberly, that could maybe influence repo rates in the future. That makes me go, wow. I mean, that really, yeah. Wow. It, it, I, it, I'm a little it, shocked it, at that. What if you were, listen, imagine you, you were, oh man, having a hard time. You're 37 days past due. And you haven't called the bank yet to make any <laughs> arrangements or for help. And you walk out. You're working hard. You're going to get to your car to go to work. 
can't get my car. We're, I can't get I can't get in my car. You know, I mean, I think this is a real thing, you guys. I think they're going to get this patent put in place and it's going to happen. Here, here's the first thought that came to my mind. It's Ford doing it. You know, <laughs> there's going to be a recall for it. Uh, you know, it probably won't work as it was intended, and people are going to get a recall notice to bring your vehicle in no. so that the, re the repossession genie built inside your car can work the way it's right, so. Right. So if the you're be genie. so if you're behind in if you're behind in your loan, are you really going to listen to that recall and take it into Ford to get it fixed? I, I don't think so. So true, right? But listen, I think that other manufacturers can come along and do it. You know, Ford throws the idea out there. I, I'm afraid other manufacturers can come out and do it. Well, a hell of a lot better than Ford will. Oh, sorry. Better than <laughs> Ford. We got to acknowledge the March right point that they don't plan on doing it okay. in 2021. Okay. It is fascinating, though. It's making headlines now. It and is. It's pretty hilarious, especially amidst rising delinquency rates. It is relevant in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really it's just it's just you, you just you just know they're going to miss something along the way you know there's going to be that recall you know you know it, it didn't work the way it's not going to work the way it was intended to work it yeah. just, you know. hey i want to go to the chat here for a quick second but then i i do actually want to talk about ford they they had an interesting announcement uh recently fat guy in the kitchen we appreciate you being we here thank indeed. you for the contribution they did the same thing in 2008 they let people that would normally be out of a house still living in them because the bank couldn't sell the houses again. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing that with cars. Yeah. I 100% think we're yeah, seeing that with very cars. very true. Right yeah, now. Yeah, so they're allowing people to live out of their cars. No, I mean, you know, they're keeping them in the car, find a way to make a Absolutely, payment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it just it it just makes more sense than to than to uh, take the, take the, the huge loss yeah. that they're, uh, they know they're going to take. One other interesting story that I want to turn our attention to, and then um, let's talk about some success stories from the week because it has been a great week. And we yeah. should mention Car Edge Electric. You're going on in about 30 minutes, 25 minutes from now, excuse me, over at Car Edge Electric. Awesome. Mm. Watching you and Justice. Yes. And it's Friday, so Justin will be with you as well. I love watching that trio. But the, the other piece of information I want to turn our attention to is this story just broke in automotive news. Ford yes. looking at ways to boost F-150 Production automaker said it is increasing production by more than 80,000 vehicles for its Bronco Sport and Maverick this year, up from 225,000 in 2022. Part of the reason I find this an interest, to be an interesting headline, Kimberly and Pops, is because it comes on the heels of General Motors intentionally making the decision to restrict production of the Silverado. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot this week, Kimberly, and I'm very curious to get your thoughts on it. There are two strategies that are happening. There you go. And Aquanet's kind of uh, uh, hitting the nail on the head, make cars more affordable. There is one strategy from an, from automakers, which is make cars more affordable. And there's another strategy from automakers, which is make cars more expensive. Um, <laughs> who will win? It's interesting to see Ford come out and say, we actually want to produce more of our F-Series trucks. The Maverick would be a fantastic vehicle if it wasn't being marked up like crazy by dealers. At the same time, Kimberly, you saw the headlines earlier this week, GM intentionally stopping production of the yeah. Chevy Silverado at one of their plants because they, quote, wanted to maintain, pseudo quote, wanted to maintain inventory levels. So what's your take on this? Do you think Ford's maybe got the, the right uh, approach here, try and make more uh, affordable vehicles? They'll be able to do it? I would certainly hope so. I totally 100% believe that if they did, they would be so more, much more successful as long as it's a good product, that is. Um, but yeah, we got to get more affordable cars and I hope that's the way it's going, Zach. I don't know for sure. What is the end game here? I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sold. 
if the end game's EVs, then it's certainly not in the short term right. or the near term, excuse me, um, affordable because we we know the average transaction price for EVs is materially higher. Ford has come out and said their EVs are not profitable. Yes. So yeah, you would think yeah. the the prudent strategy here for short term gain actually would be to kick the can a little bit on electric vehicles and just double down on producing as many Mavericks as possible, quality Mavericks yeah. as possible. And people would buy the heck out of them. And they, they maybe maybe they're indicating that they're thinking about that because that's what this headline reads is they're gonna they're gonna produce yeah. more Bronco Sports, more Mavericks, more F series. So I'm cautiously optimistic by a headline like that. I'm glad you are. <laughs> and you are my cynical father. <laughs> I I you know, I, I think I, I think for looking at the statistics from last month where um F series sales were up twenty two percent or twenty three percent. F series like. were up twenty two percent at the okay. same time. Average transaction prices were up ten percent year over the, year. So and and those are big profit centers Huge. for Ford. They're so, funding the whole EV exactly. Yeah. So right now they're looking at at F series production, Bronco production, and Maverick production, primarily ICE vehicles to be able to. Um, cover the cost of converting to electric to fund so, EV. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, it makes perfect sense that they want to increase the amount of of F series that they can build at the present time because that's the only way that they'll they'll be bringing in enough money to uh, compensate for the losses that they take on all the EVs they build. So right. So and 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 I don't think I don't think they're going to increase production of the F series so that they can build cheaper ones. No. I think they're going to in increase production of the F series to um, to build the more expensive ones to keep moving that that average transaction price closer and closer to seventy thousand dollars because that's where the money is for them, and that's the money that's going to allow them to build out their EV division. So. Yeah, I'm a little more cynical than you are. Go for it, Kimberly. <laughs> I, I just always feel like we see headlines like this, like last week and, and this week, of um, GM is increasing production. And then the very next day, you'll see headlines saying GM is reducing production by You're X right, amount. Kimberly. I, I never know where to fall in this, you know, what to expect of GM or Ford. Because it's it's all PR machines. I think I've realized that at yeah. this point as well. It's all PR machines. It's like whatever the right story is, is a story that we're going to put out. And I, I'm realizing that the more and more we, we keep doing this with Car Edge. Here we go, Dad, from John. I logged in a few minutes late. Did Ray, did I miss Ray's hydration break? Drink up, buddy. <laughs> Everyone, please grab your cup. Excuse me, but I think I have to go pee now. <laughs> so if you're new, if you're new to the Ray and Zach channel, when we play the hydration break clip, yeah. you drink for the entirety of the clip. It is a let me double check. Let me double check how long that clip is, Dad. That is 8.8 .8 seconds of hydration. Mm. Yeah, buddy. And maybe my dad will never tell me anything about his doctor's appointments again in the future. Here we go from Serge. Thank you, Serge. <laughs> Imagine the lawsuit when they I repo somebody who wasn't actually behind. This is like the Hertz story. Yes. yes. On steroids. Yes. With stolen, yeah. with stolen yeah. cars yeah. when you were driving. Right. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. Oh, what happens? Man. What happens yeah. if one of those cars can drive itself to the repo center mm -hmm. and causes a crash while doing so? 
it's like the cruise cars in San <laughs> yeah. Francisco. Um, Bredo Jacko, thank you, Bredo. I drove a Lightning, couldn't do 100 miles without Philip. Interesting. There's tons of research wow. going on, whether it's individuals and companies trying to figure out what the reliability is of, uh, yes. of electric vehicles. There's a really interesting company out there called Recurrent that does like battery health reports as well for used EVs. So there's a lot of interesting stuff happening on that end. Okay, there was an interesting story, final story that we're going to turn our attention to here, and then let's get into some success stories. And Pops has a show in 20 minutes. So again, Car Edge Electric, yeah. we can't go too terribly long. Kimberly, what's going yeah. on here? We covered oh this story. God. Remember my dad and yeah. I covered this story. Big Red, there's a uh, dealership group that three dealerships, if I'm not mistaken, Bobby Mays faces three counts of tampering while awaiting sentencing for his conviction for fraud. There, there was fraud happening at I mean, just when I think trustworthy dealership, I think that facade, big red. What the heck oh. happened here? What do we need to know? Why is this? Okay. Why is this news? Okay, so so Maze is an owner. There's somebody by the name of Gooch, um, who I forget <laughs> did something there. And then uh, who's the gal? Is it Wells? She was a comp. Yeah, it's Maze Gooch and Wells. Yeah. Maze yep. Gooch. That is not an accounting <laughs> so firm anyway. or a law firm. <laughs> That is. It is not <laughs> dealership. Okay, picture this. They actually. This is only part. This is a tiny, tiny bit. But they actually set up their own little pawn shop for people that didn't qualify to get loans and needed a down payment. You know, for the structure of the deal, for the LTV to get them approved. And so they would say, "Hey, Zach, uh, what do you got? You can pawn. You know, because I'm a pawn shop, and I'll give you some money. And then they take the money and and, and show it." It's fraud, fraud, fraud all over the place. So fast forward, they all got arrested, but fast forward, um, or they were awaiting trial. And now Wells, the comptroller, she and her husband decided to try and escape to Mexico as quickly as possible. Um, <sighs> it didn't work. It didn't work. This I'm, is waiting, as I'm waiting the for the Netflix series. Turns. This is yeah, going to be the Netflix sure. series, Kimberly. Yeah, like I can see this. Um you know, they're like, they're, they're, they're they did make in. it. They did make it to Mexico, by the way. They were arrested <laughs> in Mexico. And this was after yes. they were convicted and awaiting sentencing. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, and I guess they were assuming that there wasn't going to be any extradition between <laughs> Mexico and the, you know, I, I don't know. It, 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 it gives, it gives you some insight into how their minds worked when they when they hatched the scheme in the first place. Don't commit fraud, folks. That is the is that moral. is that today's moral. That's the moral of today of the story today. Yes, okay, absolutely. This is no, a crazy no, story. No, no fraud for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, did I just this kick crazy? The head? You're good. You're good. Yeah. Hey, well, Kimberly pops. But let's it, do. It really uh, happened. Yeah, it did really yeah. happen. It probably will be a Netflix series. Let's do yeah. quick success stories. I, I will kick us off. We uh, we had Michael in the community yes. forum post his new Mazda CX-30 wearing his out-the-door price T-shirt. We love to see it. We have seen deals yes. on Mazdas across the board. Not only did my sister, your daughter, Pups, she got a good deal. Her and her husband got a good deal on a Mazda. We see here from Michael. I recently wrapped up a deal on a 2023 Mazda CX-30 for almost a lot. Oh, man, not $11,000, $1,000 off of MSRP. Successfully negotiated the price of a couple production products in the F&I office, saving thousands of dollars. First time buying, and I would have been lost without all the guidance from Car Edge YouTube channel. Big shout out to the three of us, gang. So congratulations, Michael. That was my success story this week. Hopefully, I didn't steal yours, Kimberly. You did. 
I have two, but that was one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, it sure was. And I'll tell you why, for Michael, I am so happy to see him negotiate the products that he wanted in yep. the dealership finance office and get the price down. That is just so important. They're not bad products. They're just, it's up to the finance manager. He negotiated. Great job. I'm so proud of you. And then the second one that I had is our team, Zach. The Car Edge team. The team's up. Um, <laughs> because, wow, they are rolling out some stuff and they are on it. And I love being in the meetings. I love, I, listen, I barely know how to turn my computer on, but I love being in the meetings and hearing the progress and seeing the progress. And because of that, we're just helping more and more and more people. That's my other win for the day. Thanks, Kimberly. Yeah, we've we've seen a lot of progress over the past couple of weeks, especially like resolving a yeah. lot of issues, uh, building some new features and functionality that people get a lot of value out of. I'm really proud of that. And I think I think we're just getting started. It's, it's three years in and we're just getting started. So thanks for sharing, sharing that, that, that. I really appreciate that. Pops, what's your win from the week? I survived a week in Bethesda, ladies and gentlemen. And with <laughs> any luck at all, any luck at all, uh, I'll either be going back home Sweet home Ventnor uh, on uh, either tomorrow or or perhaps I have to stick around till Monday because there's this possibility that the local Fox News channel here in Washington, D.C. Yeah, Joe, if you watch this, we would love to confirm yeah, the, the, the interview on Monday. Monday um, would like to would like to film a story about Zach and I. Um, and well, it would work best if I actually stuck around so they could do that, but, uh, we need to know what time it is so that I can make it home Tuesday or Monday afternoon. Cause you know, I'm a very, very busy man. He is indeed. <laughs> hey, well, let's end on this note. If it's okay with both of you, um, pops, grab your cup, Kimberly, grab your cup. <clears throat> One final okay. hydration break. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, Kimberly. Happy, happy Friday, Friday to the community. Sorry. And in full disclosure, this is just a ploy to see if I can force my father to pee while he is on the Car Edge Electric <laughs> show, which is 15 minutes from now. If you are unfamiliar with Car Edge Electric, go watch Car Edge Electric. Just search on YouTube. Kimberly, enjoy your weekend. Pops, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. And uh, go Suns. Kevin Durant, man. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Go Suns. Yeah. Woo! There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, for the rest of you who are wondering, well, what the hell are we doing here? We're closing for the day. <laughs> well, Zach and I will be back tomorrow night on the main channel for Saturday night with Zach and Ray. Um, and otherwise, we'll be back here Monday at noon. E well, perhaps maybe Monday noon <laughs> Eastern. Uh, nine Pacific, depending upon what time the interview <laughs> would be with the local Fox. We Kim might be back. Kimberly, send us a Okay. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend and I'll see you. Bye. <laughs>